Hello, I'm Ricky Dreamer. You're tuned into the DUI Rule, an interactive platform for future dreamers and influencers who strive for more. I'm reporting from In Your Studios in Richmond, VA, and on this episode of the DUI Rule, we'll be talking to Justin Tinsley. Justin is a staff writer for ESPN's The Undefeated and has previously contributed to KarenCivil.com. know that I'm worth it. I got dreams. What if they not bigger than my purpose? I ride alone, far away from home. Days turn to months, hair ain't seen a cone. Rick told me keep dreaming. It's foreign cars still leaning till I reach my zenith. Seems I took the scenic, redefine the meanest, justify ends. Just impose our goals until we meet the end. It's all God's doing. We just dream as using non-fluence and it might just take us round the globe. The DUI rule, we welcome you to the fold. You know we got that fire, shelter you from the cold. And that's Ricky P, he putting you in the know. Water for your seed, seed for you to grow. And I'm Michael Millions as if you didn't know. All right, Justin, I want to thank you for being on the show and just welcome you to the DUI rule. How are you doing today? Man, I can't complain, man. It's a pleasure being here. Thank you for having me on. No, nah, man, you, you're a very interesting guy. Um, that's our, kind of the whole goal of the show, getting interesting people you know, on the show and really talking about how they're doing dope things in the world and making a difference. And, you know, you, you're someone I, I, I would say that is, you know, dope. And, you know, I, I get so many people on the show and – I kind of never want to mess up a person's title or what it is they do. <laughs> yeah. So um, how would you describe, you know, what it is you do for a living? Man, honestly, uh, I, I work at the undefeated, well, ESPN's the undefeated. And I, I describe my job title as like a staff, uh, not staff, but a sports and culture writer. So I pretty much I can write about anything from you know, Allen Iverson's Hall of Fame induction to the 20th anniversary of Tupac's death to, you know, legal marijuana, you know, legal marijuana legalization in America and how that relates to like athletics, whether it be the NFL, whether it be the NBA. So pretty much if I just come up with an idea and my editors think it's dope, I can write about it. And so that that's how I describe my job title, man. It's, it's freedom of expression for lack of a better term. Nah, that sounds pretty cool, man. You get to express yourself. You got a, a wide range of sports and culture. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess how long have you been in the writing field? Man, that's a good question. So to give you the elevator pitch, because I, I don't know how much time you got on this nah, podcast. No, nah, so. you, you got some time. You got some time. But you, you don't got to give me – I want to hear the elevator pitch, but you got some time. Okay. Well, here's the thing. So I graduated from Hampton in 2008. And once I grad, and, and if you remember around that time, that was when like the economy. Oh, I know. Of, That's when I graduated yeah. too. Oh, okay. All right. So good, good. So we, I ain't even got to explain <laughs> that part. No, you so, don't got to explain. No, no, you know, explain it for my younger, our, our, okay. my younger yeah, listeners. Yeah. They, were, they were probably in high school or something when this happened. <laughs> yeah, they had to worry about this. So, so, so for the youngins, about 2008, when we graduated college, uh, you know, I graduated from Hampton and I got a job and I moved to Chicago with my old roommate. Uh, he was my line brother when I was in Hampton. So we hold ended on, up. Hold on, just... hold on, hold on. What oh. fraternity are you in? Oh, okay. I'm, I'm Alpha. 
okay. I'm, I'm a cap. Oh, oh. I, I was okay. about to get hyped, but you know, that's what's oh, up. That's what's up. Hey, 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 look, hey. man. Hey, hey, look, we can't all make the right choice, you know? <laughs> no, I'm man, I'm, why are you I'm talking about yourself with... like that, man? Come on, man. <laughs> hey, look, no, no, no. <laughs> look, 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 I'm talking to you, man. I thought it was on your podcast. So. Uh, all right, so let's <laughs> no, talk about you. You moved to Chicago. Yeah. yeah, I moved to Chicago, man. So, like, I moved up there, and honestly, like, the job that I thought I had, that joint got cut before, you know what I mean? Before before I even started. So I was just living in Chicago, I moved all my furniture, all my stuff up there, man. So I'm like, man, I, I need something to do to pass the time while I look for jobs. And I'm 22 at this point. So a bunch of my friends from Hampton, because that's where I went to school, I went to Hampton University. And they would hit me up like quite often, not even from time to time, but from quite often. And they were like, yo, man, you got the new. And you remember at this point in time, like Wheezy was big at that point. Oh, yeah. T-Pain. Was... Yeah. Woo! Yes, yes, yes. Wheezy was big. T-Pain was big. Jeezy was big at that point. So people would hit me up all the time. Cause when I was in school, I used to, I mean, I, I mean, statute of limitations over at this point, I used to sell mixtapes. You know what I mean? I would download the music. I would sell mixtapes. And that's just what I would use to, you know, keep some spare change in my pocket. So once we all graduated, we all, you know, I mean, migrated to different parts of the country and they would just hit me up. It was like, yo, we need the news, so-and-so, whatever. So I was like, all right. Um, I had taken, and at this point in time, I didn't even take it seriously, bro. Like I was just, I took an elective while I was at Hampton because I just needed something to give me like some full-time credits at that point. And it was like a, a, I never forget, the the, the class was called uh, Blogging 101 or Online Blogging. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What year did you take this class in college? This was, I graduated spring 08, so it had to be fall 07. Wow, it was my this, neo- is, this is this is a, this is an incredible story. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, so it had it had to have been my neo year. Not not had to have been. It was my neo year. Okay. So I'm taking the class, and the whole time, you know, what's crazy is the 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 teacher in my class, his younger brother was he went to high school with me, but he was older. If that makes sense, like his, it makes sense. It makes sense. Probably yeah. like two years older than you or something like that. It, yeah. See, see, you already hip. Like his young, his younger brother was two years older than me. So I was like, man, your name, your name sound familiar, whoop de woo. And he was like, yeah, that's my brother. So either either way, I took the class and he was cool. He was cool as a fan. I got a great grade and he gave me, a, yo, blogging is not going to get me paid. Because at that point, you know, when you're 21, 22, you're just trying to think like, all right, what am I going to do after college to get money? Yeah. You know what I mean? To get paid. Because eventually, you know, Sally May going to call and I got to pay her off. So anyways, I take the class, I get an A. Fast forward to the summer of 2008, all my people hitting me up, they were like, yo, so what are you going, we need this new Jeezy tape, we need these new Wayne songs, T.I., you know, whoever's big at that point in time. And I'm like, all right, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to create this this website because I learned how to create a website when I was in that class. And y'all just go to the website and, you know, I mean, just download the songs. So I did that. Two, three weeks later, like a couple of my homeboys hit me up and they were just like, yo, man, you should try to write thing a little bit more because we like your descriptions of the song. But like, give us like a little more of a description. So I was like, eh, man, whatever. Like, that's kind of corny, but all right, I'll try it. And so I started writing more and more. 
And I started posting less and less music, but like nobody really complained because I was giving them more of a description of the song. And one thing led to another as to where like I didn't really feel like posting music because, you know, that was I mean, you know how it was at that point in time. Like this was before like people really got hip to the Internet. This was pre Twitter. And, you know, all the the avenues that this you was could like take. The, this was the blogging boom. Right? Yeah, exactly. This is the blogging boom when, like, Nah Right was big, when, like, you heard that new was big, like, Miss Info was, like, uh, nah, super, this super is, this is this is this is good because I this is interesting to even know, like, this is when you started in writing yeah. because I, yeah. I remember, like, you'll probably remember this, too. During this boom, it was, like, one of those things, as long as you had content, mm-hmm. people were like, oh, I got a blog. But then they start really focusing on like who has like the best writing style or like exactly. concept or who's giving me really a story. So it's mm-hmm. interesting hearing like how people just start telling you like, oh, I like your descriptions. You like you're like yeah. add a little bit more. You're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> because you know, at that point, like I wasn't getting I wasn't getting all the exclusive music. I was getting all of my exclusive music from like not nah, right. So they were getting all the hookups. So I had to I had to think of a way to like differentiate myself. So if I got this new Jeezy song from Nah Right, what can I do to separate myself from Nah Right to make people want to come back to my site to read it? Because if that's the case, if I couldn't differentiate myself, then you could just go to Nah Right and just go on about your business. Ooh, you know what I mean? Ooh, ooh. you're dropping, you know? you're dropping jewels. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I had I had to do something. And at this point in time, it's like 2008, bro. And I'm just like, man. Nobody cares what I have to say, but on the flip side, this is actually kind of fun because it's kind of, it's not less work for me, but it's like, at least if nobody else, like my homeboys, my homegirls that I went to Hampton with, you know what I mean? They were just like, yo, we like reading your stuff, this, that, and the third, like, yo, keep putting this stuff out. So maybe like a three sentence description of a song two weeks before had turned into two or three paragraphs like a month later. You know, so it's just like it's like small stuff. It's not, you know, I'm I'm not writing like GQ cover stories or anything at this point. So I just keep doing that. And then eventually it leads to this website called collegeradiomusic.com. And that was a site that was started by myself and one of my line brothers. His name is uh, Taylor James. He's actually the DJ for, well, right now in 2016. Uh, he's actually the DJ for like Justin Bieber right now. Oh yeah, and yeah, yeah. So back in college, bro, we used to make these mixtapes called like College Radio Music. Nah, nah I remember, I, I remember yeah. them joints. This, this yeah. is crazy that yeah, I've seen a lot of your work, but I'm now like just interacting with you, man. Like I, I remember the whole College Radio movement with Tay James, man. That's bro, yo, that's that yo, that's nuts to me that like because it's like. When I explain this story to people, because I I really don't try to give them all the details because one, I'm not trying to bore anybody. But the fact that one, you know, all this stuff and two, you recognize the name college radio music like that's that's nuts to me. So I I mean, I I remember, man, he used to be up in love promoting that joint. Yeah. Yeah. Like, ah, yeah. yeah. See, like, yeah, I was I was was hip. Um, Like around that time, I, I used to go down Hampton a lot. And so like, mm-hmm. I was kind of hip to a lot of different stuff down there. Just like people who was making moves, just like entertainment or music or like just yeah. like whatever, anything that was hip. I was kind of like, 
like on the cusp of. So like, I kind of look knew like a lot of different movements and um yeah. But now it's cool to know like you was behind that. So kind of let's talk about that site. Like, what were you guys doing with that when y'all launched it? Like, what was the goal? All right, so the goal of that was like when Tay and I were at Hampton. Um, Tay graduated Hampton a year after I did, so he graduated two thousand nine. I graduated two thousand eight. But for the point in time where we were at Hampton at the same time, what we would do is like you know, like we played together or whatnot. And I knew he was a DJ. He came to find out that I knew like a lot about music. So he he actually came to me with the idea. He was like, "Yo, let's do a mixtape together." I was like, what the hell you mean? Like, I can't rap. I damn sure don't know how to DJ. He was like, no, 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 no. Don't worry about that. I'll do the DJ and stuff. You just help me pick the songs. I was like, oh, this is this is simple. So, like, that's what we used to do. And we ended up coming up with, like, seven or eight volumes while we were at Hampton just together. Like, and I would be like, yo, Tay, I got, like, a batch of new songs. Come over to the crib. You know what I mean? Tell me what you think about this. whoop de woo And, like, literally, like, a week later, he would have a tape out. So once I graduated, he was like, yo, man, let's figure out a way to, to, you know, keep this thing going. So what we did was we created a website, which was College Radio Music. And that helped me. By this point in time, I had already developed the point where I wasn't really into posting every new song. Because, I mean, you remember what it was like in 2008. This is long before Lil Wayne and his whole Black Lives Matter fiasco that's going on right now. It was a lot of music. Yeah, it was a lot of music. It was a lot of music. So it was like... It, mm-hmm. Like even... Cause we kind of got to explain it for like a lot of my younger listeners. Like this was... Yeah. This was like pre-Apple music, pre-title. Mm-hmm. This was like all you really had was iTunes and like... This one like they still had like share... What was it, like share space or like... Shit. Like you know them little links everybody had and just downloaded to like it was it was a crazy like point in music like you really needed an iPod like to really like keep all your MP3s because it was it was just a lot so like I, I definitely know what you mean just like the vast quantity of how music was just being distributed and like yeah. you were a consumer it it was just a lot to take in if you didn't have a hard drive mm-hmm. if you ain't had an iPod like if you didn't have anything you just been stuck like I got all this music on my computer it's crazy because you know how crazy it sounds when you explain it it's like an iPod seems ancient now yeah cuz like you you have we got music on our phones you got to think about right. it there was a point in time point in time ladies and gentlemen was a point in time you had to buy a whole number of device just to consume music Mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. And so yeah, this was like back during the point during like iPods, dog. So when we created college radio music and we had we had we had an idea where like Tay was gonna be the dude that was like in the club spinning as a DJ. And whenever I could get back up to DC DC, I you know, I would go I would go to the clubs with him or whatnot, politics, do all that the third. But I was gonna be the one to like run the website. And that's what I did. And it was cool, man. Like, so I posted like new music, but also got a chance to really do my thing from a writing tip as to where I could do some, at that point in time in 2000, and at this point, it's 2009, it was some quote unquote in-depth type of stuff. So I could talk to people. I could actually get quotes from people and actually like write some, you know, at the time it was like some, some real stuff. So you know, to make a long story shorter, like college radio music eventually folded because 
you know, it was some business deals, not really between, not, not, not even, not even really, not between Tay and myself, but just, you know, some, for some, yeah, you know, existential I, 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 type I, I, stuff. I already know what you're yeah. talking about. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, as, hey, ladies and gentlemen, I just got to say, these guys were making some deals happen while they were still in college. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, you know they, what I mean? Yeah. They, you guys were making some moves. I just trust me. Yeah. I, like, I saw, I remember. <laughs> okay, good. You know what? I'm so dog. It's it's a blessing to talk to you, man. So it's it, it, it's, nah, it's like, great. It, it's, nah, it's it's just awesome to hear like all this is happening out of like a passion. You know, like you yeah. just doing something and it just kind of like even to see where you're at now and just like working with undefeated. Like even to hear all of it just started out like I'm the, I'm, I'm the CD guy now. Like I'm I'm doing like I'm posting music and. Yeah. Giving descriptions and now this grow grew into like I got a website I'm running and like nah this is this is good because a lot of times I think so many people just think it happens overnight. No, uh, like oh I just want this or oh I'm not going to do this unless I'm getting paid. Where no. I know for you like you was putting a lot of time in like just to maintain a blog in itself like yeah like even you got even you doing one post a day but like you're doing music so that's multiple posts a day like. Mm-hmm. The dedication you had to put towards that, we're like, all right, I'm not really getting nothing out of it. Yeah, we're leveraging it, we're we're moving with it, but you know, you 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 you're working out of like, all right, and I probably even that time you, I I don't even know, did you did you see yourself like growing as a writer when you were doing all that stuff? Man, honestly, at this point, and and I I'll, I'll just try to get people up to speed. Like, but at this point, like, college radio music had folded because of some business dealings, you know what I mean? I, I won't really get into all that because, one, is old as hell. Damn near seven years old at this point. But it, it just didn't work out for, for business-related purposes. So, But I still wanted to do it. And I honestly, I got to give, you know, all the credit in the world to two people. That is Karen Civil and John Gotti. Karen Civil, who obviously runs KarenCivil.com. And now she's working with, you know, she's working with Hillary Clinton on her campaign. She's doing all this, that, and the third. And John Gotti, who is the founder, editor-in-chief of the smoking section. So once, you know, college radio music ended up folding. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Yeah. Hold up, hold up. Say that again, man, because I, I, don't, I don't think people really just caught what you said, man. Yeah. So, like, you, you yeah. went from a situation yeah. that folded. Yeah, I went from all right. So, so college radio music folded, and I was like, man. By this point, I was like, I, you know, I really developed a passion for writing. I was not, you know, some big time, whatever type of writer, you know, people think I am right now. But it was just more so like, hey, man, this is kind of fun. I like it, and if nothing else, bro, it was just some. It was therapeutic, you know. I mean, I go to I go to my nine to five. And I come home and then I just write. And and it was it was therapeutic for me. So I was like, hey man, look, college radio is about to fold, but I need something that I can do. So I reached out to Karen Civil. This is long before Karen Civil, before Lil Wayne. This is long before Karen Civil, before uh Drake, Nicki Minaj, and you all just believed in her. You saw something there, yeah. you're like, oh man, she's gonna go somewhere. I'm gonna like Yeah, I I liked their site and it was cool now. Nah, and dope. I just and it's funny because I was at Hampton University's graduation in 2009. And this, this is so far back. Yo, this is crazy how far back we about to go. I'm going to tell you. Though I had a Blackberry with the side scroll. No ooh, Drake stuff. Ooh, I had a Blackberry. The side scroll. Bro, with the side scroll. This was so at the I'm, time where everyone needed a Blackberry. Yo, every, every, yo, if you didn't have a Blackberry, you was, you was mm-hmm. a nobody. 
Remember duh. BBM? Yes. If you, if you do not duh. have a BBM, who are you? Like, duh, on, if man. you didn't, duh. BBM was everything. It was, it was everything. It was everything, everything bro. Like, it was these, everything. These people, these people don't know, man. If you didn't have BBM, duh. you was nobody in 09. Nah, BBM, the <laughs> black, yo, you know, that's, that, that's real. Yeah. So I'm sitting at Hampton University's graduation in 2009, and I got like Karen Silver's Gmail, just like whatever the whatever her email was at that time. It may have been Gmail. Hell, it may have been Hotmail. You know what I mean? So yeah. I don't know what it was. But I sent her an email, and literally 20 minutes later, I sent her an email saying like, hey, you know what I mean? Uh, I'm a writer. Here's some links. You know, I, I'm interested in writing for your site. Just let me know. And literally 20 minutes later, she sent me back. She was like, look, I'm going to let you know right now, I can't pay you as of right now, but if you want to write for my site, then, you know what I mean? Yeah, let's make something work. And I and I just respected her hustle. I respected her grind. And literally a week later, I was writing for her site. So later that summer, I was like, man, I got to, you know, extend myself a little further. That's when the site, the smoking section was like really, really getting oh, off the ground. Man. And I was, if yeah. I, trust yeah. me, trust me. Yeah, yeah. man. Like smoking so, section. If like, yeah. All, all, all my real hip hop fans that are listening, like, man, I see, man, you taking me back into like a good time when, like, oh man, it was just, it was just so much good music. Like, not not yeah. saying like it's not good music now, but like, it was, it was just a crazy point in time where like the blog, the blogger was like the new A and R, you know, and it was yeah. just like that's so real. It, it was just this interesting landscape where. I think like all these different sites had like a different feel mm -hmm. or it, it was at a different place where like you, you would go to one site, you would probably see somebody that you wouldn't see at any other site. It, it was just a, a very interesting time. So even hearing that like you were with smoking section, like that's, yeah. even, that's even dope, man. So like, yeah. let's talk about that. The smoking section, man, it had, by the time I, and I'll never ever forget, man. Like you can go on the site right now and if you want to, um, if, if you ain't got nothing else better to do with your time and you want to go through my catalog, my very, very, very first post for the smoking section, I never, and then I always remember this because honestly, it's a day that kind of like changed my life. It was July 10th, 2009. I wrote a post on, it was some random MP3 that was out that turned out to be, who, who was it? It was Outkast, and I forget who it was. I forget who it was, but it was it, it the the final version of the song had Outkast on it. Obviously, for hopefully for the younger crowd out there, you know who Outkast is. And if not, this big boy in Andre Three Thousand. Uh, everybody, it, everybody know who Outkast is. Yeah, I mean, everybody know who Andre yeah. Three Stacks is. But but at that point in time, it was only Stacks verse on there, and I was like, yo, this is kind of dope, and. You know, the people, you know, John Gotti at the smoke section, my man Trent Clark, who's now the editor-in-chief over, like, Hip Hop DX, you know, they sent me some emails back and forth, and they were just like, hey, if you're trying to write, send us some samples and send us something that you want to write about. And I I found that Andre 3000 song, I was like, man, look, if I could, if I could make my first post at a site anything, it, it damn sure better be an Andre 3000 verse, you know what I mean? So like you, you can't get no better than the three stacks verse. Nah, and you, you really can't. Yeah. So I wrote that and they liked what they read. And from there, I was just like, yo, I'ma just write every day if I can. And hold honestly, on, so, hold on. I, I got I got mm -hmm. I gotta stop you. So at this point No, no, go ahead. 
You're writing for Karen Civil and you're writing for yep. Smoking Section. Yeah. You writing yep. for anybody else or just these two sites? Just these two, because at this point in time, uh, college radio had folded. Okay, okay. At this point, yeah, college that's radio. Just want to make folded. sure. So, are yeah. At this point, mm-hmm. are any of these sites paying you? No, 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 no. So you, 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 so how, how much, how much work you doing? So you said you write how much every day? How many <laughs> posts? Let me see. Between at the at this point in two thousand and nine, the summer of two thousand and nine, I'm writing at the at the least has has to be. This is at the very, very least. Has to be four to five. Four and, to and, and five. This, yeah, this I, is. I, I, I'll yeah. give you. I'll give you five. So you writing five posts a day. Yeah, and then, I, now to get it, I don't want anybody to get it twisted. I'm not writing like five. No, but it's, 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 it's still it's, yeah. it's still work, you know. Like because yeah. at, yeah. at the end of the day, you got to think about it. it's not about it's not about the daily numbers. The fact you you consistently have to do this because yeah. That's the whole pro. That's the whole process where you know most people f- fall off or they don't get. It's the consistent mm-hmm. piece. Like yeah, anybody yeah. can say, oh yeah, I can do I can do five posts, but this is why like only very few people like master blogging. So I I think it's just very interesting, like the discipline or the dedication. You know, you you yeah. were giving your craft and like mm-hmm. you know, like cause a lot and- of people be like, nah, man, if I'm not getting paid, I ain't gonna do it and. Well, I think you know, you, you kind of seemed like you were in the zone where like you were you were seeking out the opportunities you you knew it would kind of get, um give you the platform you wanted. I just wanted to do it because in a sense, man, it was therapeutic for me. You know, what I mean, I wasn't really happy with where I was in a job sense. Uh, by the fall of two thousand and nine, I started grad school at Georgetown, and but I needed something that was, excuse me, I, I needed something that was going to like remind me of me. You know what I mean? Like I'm in school and I, I like what I'm going to school for. Obviously I wouldn't have went to school for it if I didn't like it, but I also needed something that was going to remind me of me. And like the music did that. And so like, I, I, you know, credit the credit to John Gotti, man. He probably does not remember this conversation because I mean, he has a lot of conversations with a lot of people and he was just like, yo man, you don't have to write about every new song that comes out, but like every song or every mixtape or every album or whatever the case may be he said do you love sports and i told him yeah i love sports he was like well start writing about sports too he's like dog you can write about whatever you want to write about long as it moves you and that's what's most important if it moves you write about it and he told me those words one time and i'll never forget those if it moves you write about it so if it was a random I'm watching Boston Celtics versus Cleveland Cavaliers right now. If it was a random Celtics and Cavaliers game in December or January to move me and I could think of a unique way to present it, write about that. But if it's a random T-Pain song that hit the internet and it reminded you of something in your life, write about that. And I give him all the credit in the world, dog. He was like, yo, music is beautiful because it's something that binds us all. It's not just... I don't need you to tell me why this song is popping. I don't need you to tell me why this mixtape is popping. But if you could tell me why it resonates with you from a very, very personal aspect, that's why that's why I want you to write about it. And honestly, that's why I write the way I do now. You don't need... I, t- I look at it like this, bro. I look at it like this. I'm watching the game right now. You don't need me to tell you that LeBron James is, you know, he's, he's halfway decent at, ba- at basketball. 
You know, you you don't need me to tell you that. You don't need me to tell you that. You know, Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson are really good at shooting the basketball. But if if there's a if there's a a connect where you can remember something like, hey man, I was watching, I was in grad school when this LeBron game happened, and he resonates with me for this, that, and third. Like that's what people want to read. When you write, you don't need to tell people why they should like something. You tell people why it means something to you. And honestly, they can meet you in the middle. And so when he told me that in like 2009, 2010, whenever it was, I can't remember the exact time. That's what changed my entire scope of writing, bro. Because a lot of times people want to just get their opinion out of why something is better than this or why this is great. But tell me why it's great to you. Tell me why it means something to you. So and and I just used that from this that from from that moment on, I was even when I was in grad school full time, like I would go to class, you know, after class, I would hit happy hour with my, my classmates to make time to write, whether it was about music, whether it was about sports, whether it was about politics, whether it was about just something that happened in my life that, that I can relate to a song. And that's something that's helped me out, too. Like, even if you don't have anything to write about music wise, just write about your life. And at some point in time, you can gonna find yourself in music or you're gonna find a piece of yourself in sports you're gonna find a piece of yourself in pop culture like that's the beautiful thing that binds us all but you know my editors and my my, my close friends at the undefeated you know they were just like yo man write your personal stuff because that's what that, that's what people that is what people are going to relate to the most and and honestly they were like yo write how you talk write how you feel write how you experience things that's what we want here at this site and honestly i could i could not have done that had it not been for karencivil.com it had not been for the smoking section and in particular my man john Gotti. like and he he may look at me and he may text me and like curse me out for doing all this but like that dude really saved my life in a lot of sense in a lot of senses excuse me so oh, oh, I, that that that's that's my story, I guess. You have a a very, I would say, amazing story. I would say, um, no, nah, it's it's like a story that I just really commend you, man, for the hard work. Because I, I I know I know how I I I get I really don't know personally, but I get how much time you had to put into it. Even like the period you was talking about, you were in grad school and. You know, mm-hmm. still committing, like, all right, I'm still going to write every day about something. You know, mm-hmm. it takes a lot of discipline. So, like, I commend you for it because I think so many times, you know, we can get focused on, you know, when am I going to get the big result or when am I going to get all these likes or all these views, but we lose sight of just, you know, mastering the craft. And I see how, like, your, you know, your gifting has made room for you. Because one of the things I think that is is very dope or cool about you is your writing style. Because even like um like I was telling you like over the last month I kind of been following you and just stuff you've been doing on Undefeated, mm-hmm. and I think it really just speaks in a vein that I I really haven't seen in journalism that is like very very unique like um like one of your pieces was can the reputation of HBCU basketball bounce back. Mm-hmm. And like for me, I think that's you know something like all right, you know this is this is this is very interesting. Kind of hits home because you know I went to Virginia Union, right? Um, and then I even think like 
just your spin on the story, you know, it's it's definitely how you talk. It's very relatable. And um it's just I I see the consistency even is how whether you're talking about music or just about like professional sports, it, it's it's still that same, you know, wit in it where it, it feels very down to earth, like you like you say, like like you're reading, you know, like a Karen Silva or like Smoke Session, like one of these hip hop blogs where it's just it's just very uncut. I'm just giving you my opinion, like off the cusp, and I hope you you know if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. But this is what I think. But I think in it, it, it you know, it's very genuine and honest. And um, I just want to tell you, keep going with it, man, because I definitely see this like this is only really the beginning for you with your journey, man. Like it, it's 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 crazy, you know, hearing you talk like that, man. Like. And, and and I'm not saying this because I'm talking to you right now and, you know, you know, record, we're recording this and, you know, this is going to be published. But like that type, you know, what you just said, honestly, man, like brings like a, a lone thug tear to my eye, bro. So, like, <laughs> you know, like like because honestly, like when, when you write and honestly, like when you when, when you're doing what you're doing right now, you, you know, recording this, you're putting these podcasts out like, yeah, you're doing it because you have love for it. You're doing it because it interests you, but you also do it because you want people to listen to it. You want people to read your stuff. You want people to listen to it. You want people to watch it, whatever the case may be. But you don't do it for your own health. You want to do it because this is your passion. This is your drive. And I, and I don't write just for myself. So, and honestly, I would never, I would never like, you know, compromise myself for my writing style, but I want people to read that stuff. I want people to read it when they, you know, when they see it, they'd be like, damn, man, you know, like, like you said, I may not agree with it, but okay, cool. I, he, it, it comes from like a real place. And so when I write, I don't, ever want i don't ever want people to think that you have to agree with every single not even letter but i I don't want people to think you got to agree with every single syllable that's in here but just read it and see where i'm coming from and then we can have a logical discussion about it and if i'm wrong trust and believe i will admit that i'm wrong you know i have no i have no problem admit that i'm wrong i i've been wrong plenty of times in my life and you know what i'm gonna probably be wrong a lot of more times in my life and that's cool if I'm not, but I want you to understand where I'm coming from when I write this. And there's, there's nothing that you can make more honest about yourself than passion. Like if you're passionate about something, that's good. That's going to bleed through. And I don't think I'm the greatest writer in the world. I think there are writers out there who are better than me and I'm still trying to catch up to them. But one thing that I know that, I can do really, you know, really, really well is, you know, put passion into it. Like my favorite, my favorite artist of all time, my favorite musical artist of all time is Tupac Shakur. And if you ask me, is Tupac the greatest rapper of all time? No, he's not. I don't don't think Tupac is the greatest rapper of all time. I think Biggie was a better rapper than him. Jay-Z I mean, objectively, objectively speaking, Jay Z is probably the greatest of all time. But if if you ask me who like my personal influence is, it's Tupac Shakur. And one thing he did better than perhaps anybody in hip hop culture was put his heart on his sleeve and put his 
you know, his life on the line. And he can just tell you how he felt on the song. So, like, when you listen to Tupac Shakur, when you listen to Dear Mama, he says, now ain't nobody tell us it was fair. No love for my daddy because the coward wasn't there. He passed away and I didn't cry because my anger wouldn't let me feel for a stranger. They say I'm wrong and I'm heartless, but all along I was looking for a father. He was gone. Those aren't the greatest, like, hip-hop lyrics in the world. But, like, when you hear those lyrics in a song, when you read them and, and like, when we're on, and you're going you gonna, you gonna to relate to this. When you, when you used to go to Ola.com and read lyrics, mm. you know what I mean? Mm. Like, you'd be like, damn, man, like, those lyrics are, like, real as hell. So, like, I want people, when they read my stuff, they'll be like, damn, man, like, I may not be able to relate to that 100%. I may not even fully agree with it 100%, but when he wrote it, like, that came from an honest place. And that's all I've ever wanted to do was be honest. Uh, mm. I said, nah, that's incredible. Just, I think even just how you just break down, like, the integrity you have, just even with your writing. Mm-hmm. And um, no, I, like I said, man, I, I commend you, man. You, you're doing some dope stuff. So like the next thing I just want to know, like, wh- what do you see is next for you? You know, like, where do you see yourself going? Like, you know, the next five years, or like, you know, what's what's the plan? You know, what goals you got? You know, what you working on? Man, it, it, it's I'm, I'm glad you asked me that because somebody asked me that the other day. It was like, so, well, you know, what's next? You know, what are you gonna do? Honestly, like the undefeated has only been launched for it'll be six months, November seventeenth. Tell them, tell them, only six yeah. months, and you, um, you, out, um, you out, you out here knocking out home runs. Yeah, man, and, and trust me, I'm trying to, man. No, I'm, you're not I'm trying. trying. You're doing, man. Yeah, we, we I, don't I'm, try. I'm, we, okay, we do. Okay. You know, I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to continue to keep doing that. <laughs> put it that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Since, since you put it like that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna continue to keep doing that. So the undefeated, the undefeated has only been launched for six months, man. So. I want to, me personally, I want to continue to help build this uh, into something, you know, greater than I can even imagine what it is right now. But when you ask me where I want to be five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, um, the one thing about life and the one thing about the world, bro, like nothing stays the same forever and nothing is around forever. So... I'd be a fool to say 25 years from now, I want to still be at the undefeated. Because, I mean, just the reality of the situation is, I don't know if it's going to be around 25 years from now. You know, God willing, I'm around 25 years from now, you know? So, like, there's still goals I want to achieve. Like, at some point, I still want to live overseas. I want to be able to travel the world and be able to tell, like, the stories that I'm doing right now, I want to be able to tell them on like a bigger and bigger scale. I want to be able to tell them, you know, from, you know, instead of writing X amount of pieces a year, if if I'm like, well, shit, we just, we just finished talking about, you know, Outcast, Andre 3000. If I can write five, six pieces a year, but those five, six pieces a year are like grand slams in the bottom of the knife in the World Series. Like, if I can do that, then let me do that. Like, I still want to be able to travel the world. I still want to be able to tell, like, the dope stories from, like, whether whether it's Compton, California, or whether it's, uh, you know, Cape Town, South Africa. You know, I still want to be able to do that. And that, that stuff still motivates me. That stuff still moves me. So I'm not thinking about retirement. I'm thinking about how I can just, like, better myself. Because if I have my way, if I can do this career for my entire life, 
I don't ever want to retire. I swear I don't. I still want to be able to Speak tell these it. dope stories. You know Speak what I mean? It. You know that, like, that that's what it's about, man. Just yeah, it's going, man. Just, I, just giving I it your all. I don't want to retire. If I can, if I can continue doing this job that I'm doing right now, and maybe just on a a a, a bigger and bigger scale, I want to do this for the rest of my life. And 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 if if I die doing it, then hey, I know I'll die happy. And God willing, that is decades and decades and decades and decades off in advance. You know what I mean? But I want to be able to be like, hey, man, Justin went to Malaysia to tell this dope story. And then he had to go to New Orleans to tell this dope story. And then he had to go to Montreal and, you know, Cape Town or Johannesburg or, you know, Ethiopia or whatever the case may be, man. I love this. I love what I do because here's the thing. And I don't want to talk your head off too much. No, man. But, no, man. You, 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 you giving me some good advice, man. I'm, I'm taking it. <laughs> Hey, look, man, and and all I try to do is like give what people have given to me. So if I can, if I can, you know, continue to just do what I do for my job right now, and continue to be inspired, then I don't ever want to retire. Like, you know, my my grandmother, she told me, you know, and I love my grandmother to death. I talk to my grandmother every morning when I'm walking to the metro in the morning. When and so, you know, we talk and from time to time, she'll tell me, she's like, I'm so happy that you get to do what you love to do. And for, you know, for a long time, she would tell me, she was like, look, you know what I mean? Keep, keep doing what you love to do, i.e. writing, journalism, this, that, and the third. But understand that, you know, sometimes you may not get to do what you want to do every time. You know, my grandmother, she graduated from Xavier University in the 50s and she wanted to be a dietitian. But they told my grandmother, it was like, look, we ain't hiring no black dietitian. So you got to do something else. And she became a teacher and she just taught for the next 35, 40 years. And granted, she loved teaching. But, you know, in the back of her mind, she's always wondering, like, well, if I could have been a dietitian, could I have done this, that and the third? You know, how would my life be different? So my grandmother would always tell me, like, look, don't, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket, but continue to pursue what you want to do, but just know that, you know, I mean, life is, life is something else. You know, I ain't going to curse on your show, but you know what I mean? Life is something else, but always continue to search for it because you never know if you're going to get it. And I got it now. So my grandmother was, she's still like, yo, I'm so happy that you got something that you like to do, but don't ever take this for granted. And don't ever think that what you're doing right now at 30 years old, because I'm 30, you don't ever think that what you're doing right now at 30 years old, that's what you're going to want to do when you're 35. Like, don't ever let your dream job be complacent for reality. Because, Ooh. you know what I mean? Like, it's going to change. Like, it's going to change. Like, my grandmother was like, you know, when I was 30, I was happy when I had this. But by the time I got to 35, I wanted this. By the time I got to 40, I wanted this. 45, you know, just this, that, and the third. So she was like, complacent isn't the right word, but just always realize that life is going to change and you got to change like you got to change with life life ain't got to change with you you know what i mean no, so. we, we constantly have to evolve man we, absolutely that that's what i was trying to say we constantly got to evolve so yeah you, you hit the nail on the head no no like trust me man you you've dropped you know a lot of jewels and even just hearing like i said again like your journey like it's it's a it's a story, man, that like inspires me. 
you know. Um, Thank you. No, I'm serious because I, it's not a lot of times you, I I don't meet many people that um, you know, that are that go after something and like it's this long journey of I'm doing something and I'm not getting paid and I have to do something else and. Like, I understand what you probably had to do is, like, this whole idea of having a parallel life. Like, I got something that I'm, I'm doing full-time to, f- to, fund, to fund my dream. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it takes a lot. But, you know, it's it's encouraging to hear, man. And I, I just want to thank you, man, just, just for everything you're doing and just how – just in your actions, man. Just, just know your inspiration. You know, you're, man. Ins- you're an inspiration to people at Hampton to see you, man, and went to school with you. Mm-hmm. Just other, other people around you, just, just even the fact that, like, just where you're going and just, it's even, no, man, just even the fact you're at 30, this isn't the end of the story, man. It's, it's only going to get better. You know, you're only going to grow more. Like, more dope stuff is going to happen. Like you said, you're going to travel the world. Every, everything is going to happen, man. And just want to keep you encouraged and um, just want to thank you, man, for being on the show, man. I really appreciate you taking the time out. Yo, thank thank you for having me on, man. Like, I hope I ain't talk your head off too much, man. Oh no, nah, man, this, this 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 was good, man. Like, I I really I really enjoyed this, man. Like for real, like this this was good for me, man. I, I like I gained a lot of insight just just on like it's interesting, man. It's even like saying how somebody can just grow from blogging and just like now you're a staff writer. You know, it's it's yeah, it's an incredible story, man. And like um like I said, it's encouraging. It's a lot of inspiration. Yeah, and and I'll say this before we get off the before we get off the line or whatnot. Um, I love rap music, and I always try to equate like situations in rap or maybe it's lyrics or whatnot. Um, am I the biggest Meek Mill fan in the world? Like, eh, not really. There there are definitely songs and there are definitely projects from Meek that I really really do rock with. But and and I but I will say this, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, bro. Like. One of the most powerful rap lines. Yeah, and honestly, this is, and I mean, you're going to know it because you've been in the club when this joint came on. And it, you would think, like, how could a club song really, like, move your life like this? But you remember from the Dreams and Nightmares intro, for, from oh, the Dreams yeah. part, when he was like, yo, I used to pray for times like, like this, this. To, to rhyme like this. Exactly, man. So, like, when I hear that line, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. Like, granted, I'm not rhyming. But I am writing, you know what I mean? So I remember what it was like going to, you know, one of those one of those day jobs that I that I really couldn't stand. But I was appreciative of it in a sense because it was like, yo, it allowed me to stack some chips, you know what I mean, do whatever I needed to do. But I remember I used to just come home, I would lay in my bed, I would cut the fan on, I would just look at the fan go around hundreds of times, and I would just and I would just say to myself out loud. And I was like, yo, if you ever give me the shot to do what I really, really want to do, if you ever give me this opportunity, I will not make waste of it. And I feel like where I'm at right now, th- that's that blessing. That's that opportunity. It was like, all right, well, prove me wrong. Well, I mean, prove yourself right. Put it that way. So, and, no, this is good, mm-hmm. man. This is good. Because, like, see, man, see, this is crazy, man. I try to I try to end the interview and just keep going, but like <laughs> something you say, I, I really want to talk about. So, would you attribute prayer to a lot of um, 
the success like you 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 were embarked on or have received or absolutely man absolutely and and i and i i I tell you straight up like i'm not the most religious person in the world i'm not and you know my grandmother and my mom they asked me all the time it was like yo you know you you've been given over the past almost two years now you've been given like a lot of blessings in your life like just go back to church and thank god for it and that that's something that I that I am going to do. That is a mission in my life. But it's just for me how how I've been my entire life. Like I've always been, and I know this. And trust me, I know it's gonna sound like a cop out more than anything else. But I've always been more spiritual than I am religious. You know. But it's something that you know I am trying to develop a connection like that because I do love my grandmother. I do love my mother, like beyond any description of the word any explanation of the meaning could possibly you know materialize but one thing that i do do remember is my uncle and my uncle passed away from colon cancer in 1999 and he told me this was january january 1999 so like this time of the year is always kind of like real kind of like weird real weird for me in a sense because in like November 1998, you know, what I mean, he was really, really sick. So at this point in time, we knew he had colon cancer and it was too far gone. So, I mean, I hate to say it like this, but at this point in time, he was kind of just waiting for him to die. Mm. And but that was that was that was my man. You know what I mean? Like, and to this day, I, I can, you know, I grew up with my mom's and I grew up with my grandma. I didn't really grow up with a father figure like that. So. It, it takes a lot for me to say, like, I love another man. You know what I mean? Because, you know, you, you just get that thought in your head. Like, I can't tell another man that I love him. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's weird. Mm-hmm. But with him, and, and, and again, that's not weird for anybody else that's listening. But that's just how, you know, I condition my thought in my head. And I don't think that now that I'm 30. But, like, when I was younger, that's what I was thinking. But now, you know, my Uncle John... God bless his soul, man. I, I still got, I got a picture of him like right beside my bed right now. And I look at him, I look at him each day when I wake up, man. And I, I'm so thankful that I had the blessings in my life. But one thing that I wish I had was him, man, because I never forget in November, like 1998, this is before like they really like started like doping him up on like morphine and all these other type of drugs that they get you in the hospital and I ain't gonna really get into all that because that's another that's another eight hour podcast that you ain't got time to record right now. But you know, so this is before and this this is our last conversation, man. And I don't know how, but we were matter of fact, we were at MCV in Richmond. Hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? We were at MCV. He was he was in the cancer unit and he told me. And I, I, I remember I just sitting beside his bed. And we used to joke all the time because my uncle, he lived here in D.C. So, you know, he was a Skins fan. And, you know, I mean, I grew up and my mom, I grew up with my mom. My mom was a Cowboys fan. So I grew up like a Cowboys fan of my mom. So like myself and my uncle, we used to always like, you know, we used to always go back and forth about the Cowboys and Skins. And like we would play video games. He wouldn't play, but he would always be like my offensive co- this Matter of fact, I'm about to take you way, way back. And I promise you, I'll, I'll shut up eventually. It's real soon. Nah, it's like me back, and, man. This is good stuff. Yeah. 
So you remember like back during the Nintendo 64 era when Madden was on? This is before the years in Madden. This was like Madden 64. You remember that? Oh no, I, I remember that. <laughs> this, this is this is right around the time when 2K was garbage. Yes. Yeah. This, yeah. 2K was garbage. Yeah. So people who are listening now playing 2K16, 2K was garbage back in the 90, late 90s. So you know, my uncle he never really played video games like that, but he loved football. And my uncle, like, we would play, like, Madden. When he would come down to see me, like, Thanksgiving and Christmas or whatnot, he would be, like, my offensive coordinator. So I would play the video game, but he would be the one that's picking picking the the plays. plays. (laughs) Picking the plays. And I'll never, ever forget that. And it's crazy because, like, like I'm telling the story, and I'm kind of, like, tearing up right now because I remember those days. And he he, he would be on the bed in my room, and he'd be like, yo, man. And and I, and I would tell him like, hey man, look, I know I know you got to go out. Like I appreciate you kicking it with me. He's like, nah, man, I ain't going nowhere. Like it's only the second quarter. We got to win this game. And I never forget him telling me that he was he would stay with me to like three, four in the morning, just playing vi- not well, not playing video games, but picking the plays for me. Coaching. And so yeah, coaching me. <laughs> and he would be like, look, man, it's third and six. We need to run the ball right here because they ain't going to expect us to run the ball. I'm like, man, you tripping, man. We need to run a play-action play, man. We got to get this first down. Like, you know, it's the NFC Championship game. What are we going to do? He's like, man, trust me. And so i never forget those. It's, you know, it's the little moments that you always remember in your life. It's the little moments that not not just the, the more so grand or, you know, magnificent moments, but it's moments like that. And I'll never forget that was Christmas 97. So by Christmas, by Thanksgiving 1998, you know, for lack of a better term, man, he was on his deathbed. And i never forget our last conversation. And he was like, look, you got you to gotta put the energy into the universe that you want to receive back. And he said, by that, I mean, now I didn't know what he meant at that time. I was only like 12. Damn near about to turn 13. And I was like, he was like, yo, treat people how at some point you want them to treat you. He said, but you also have to understand that, like, yo, this world ain't fair. Like, it's going it's gonna to piss you off a lot more than it's going to make you happy. But the times that it does make you happy, that's when you realize, like, yo, this is what life is all about. And he told me, you know, just look out for my mom. Look out for my grandmother, you know, who were, you know, my mother was his sister. My grandmother was his mother. And he would just tell me, he was like, yo, look out for them and just do, you know, do good in this world. And eventually it's going to come to pay you back. Whatever he said, whatever your passion, whatever you want to be in life. I didn't know I wanted to. I didn't know I was going to you know, be working for ESPN at that point when I was 12. He said, but whatever you want in your life, man, just like just work hard for it and just bust your ass for it. He said, and, and the Internet, not the Internet, but. You know, the universe is going is going to pay you back. You may not see it then. You may not see it for two, three years while you busting your ass doing, excuse my language, you know, doing whatever you need to do. But it's going to pay you back. You just got to trust that good vibes are going to eventually circulate back to you. And he said a lot more other than that. And, he, you know, he told me about just navigating through life, whether it's like talking you know, talking to women, talking to how to treat the ladies in this world and, you know, how to go after what you really want. I just never I never get that conversation, man. It was an MCV in November 1998, to be honest with you. It was 
wow, it was 18 years ago. Mm. And, you know, by unfortunately, man, like he just got sicker and sicker after that point. And by January 2nd of 1999, he was gone. But I'll never, ever forget that conversation. And that's just something that I hold with me till, and I'm going to hold with me till, you know, I eventually go meet him. Nah, man, it it definitely seems like a, a, a critical conversation that, that really shaped your life. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, nah, man, it's just I'm trying to tell you, man, you, you're somebody I probably could talk to for hours, man. Just <laughs> nah, for real, just just, just your story, man, and just um, I'll say like just even your value system of the things, just I hear you talking about, man. It, it's dope. For real, man, and it's dope. Even just knowing, man, you had like an uncle that was just pushing you in this direction, man. Just telling you, like, hey, just put out in the world what you want to get back. It's gonna come. Yep. Cause that's the biggest thing, man. I think like a lot of us, it's hard, you know. Like, you know, I think when you get to that point, you realize, like, wow, like life isn't easy. You know, you're like, man, I'm actually gonna have to work or. The plans I made for myself, you know, they're not going this way. And, you know, it can kind of get discouraging for some people. But um, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I think, you know, you are evidence that, you know, when you push through the tension, you know, um, I know even one of my um, close mentors always tells me this. is like you kind of have to get comfortable with the tension in life and be willing to dance with it. Man, that's so real. You know, because I think like so many, so so often we'll be like, we'll pray like, oh, when is the tension of life? When is this going to leave me where I can just, everything will be okay. But it's kind of like realizing like no matter, no matter what, you know, and um, I don't know, like even in the Bible, how Paul said he has a thorn in his side, you know, it's, all, it's always going to be something I, I believe we're always going to be dealing mm-hmm. with, you know, some Absolutely. type of tension. But I think it's like not getting so t- stuck on the tension you know, the circumstances, but really, you know, focusing on God. And um, and I think when we do that, man, everything, you know, take care of itself and, you know, just falls in line. And like I said, man, I know I know we can be rapping for days, man, but again, man, I just really thank you. And um, I just want to encourage you, man, to keep pushing, man. Everything you're dreaming for, everything you're striving for, man, is going to come into fruition, like, just keep going and um, just be so keep being someone that's using their influence, man, to make the make an impact in culture. Thank you, man, and I, I can't thank you enough for having me on here, man. This has been, you know, I've done I, I haven't done a lot of interviews or whatnot, but I've done I've done a couple, but this has by far been the most therapeutic. So I, oh, I appreciate thank you, thank you, I, I thank you for having me on here, for real.